This is Skip Hall welcoming you to Heart of the Athlete, brought to you by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring athletes, coaches, and sports personalities of the Treasure Valley. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local Fellowship of Christian Athlete radio show here on KBXL 94.1 FM. And we're excited to have you with us here this morning. And my name is Ken Lewis. I'm the director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Idaho. And this morning, we've got a special treat for you. We have a message from our one of our speakers at our summer FCA sport camp. And uh, you'll be hearing from that that message and uh, Reggie Etheridge here in just a little bit. But before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors here for Heart of the Athlete. And first off is Mike Verdon, auto and RV sales there on, on Fairview and uh, close to the, the corner of Eagle Road there in Fairview. And Mike is a former uh, quarterback at Boise State University, as well as he was a football coach and at Meridian and down in Florida and back in Iowa as well when he coached in college. And um, we just appreciate Mike Verdon Auto Sales support of the Heart of the Athlete and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here, as well as Coach uh, Skip Hall, Holland Associates. Um, appreciate their support as well. And Coach has been a, a big supporter of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, for many years and has been involved in FCA. And we appreciate their support. And uh, uh, it also, uh, Brent Geisler over at Idaho Spas at the corner of Fairview and Curtis. And uh, if you have any or any spa needs there, hot tubs, whirlpools, those kinds of things, uh, go check that out. He's got a great showroom there. So, And tell Brent uh, we appreciate his support of FCA as well. And then Jim's Well Drilling. If you need a well drilled, Jim's got a, an office in McCall and here in Boise, drills wells all over all kinds of properties and he is just a great wonderful man and appreciate his support as well as awakenings coffee over here at uh five mile and overland a coffee house here on the northwest corner there so we appreciate their support well folks you're gonna hear from reggie etheridge and uh, he was our speaker the first night of the fca sport camp it's our northwest regional fca sport camp that was uh the last week of june this was monday uh june 26th Reggie speaking on night number one on the and our camp theme this year was one taken from Philippians one twenty seven. So Reggie was a former running back at Boise State, originally out of California, was here played football at Boise State mid nineties, and uh, he's been on staff at Calvary Boise here for um, about nineteen twenty years. So appreciate Reggie being at camp, and so sit back and enjoy. Here's Reggie Etheridge. Okay, so the will to get it done. Last one right here. A desire to do something that you deeply want or wish you had. Okay, so there's a deep desire to do it. Okay, the whole idea of passion. We are, by nature, people of passion. We are a passionate group of individuals. And here I can tell you guys are passionate about your sport because you came to a camp where you're going to be running all week. And obviously, you're going to get some coaching. You're going to hone in your skills. Um, There's going to be things that you're challenged to do all week long where you might not be doing that. If you were at home, you'd be on your Xbox or your PlayStation, just hanging out with your friends on your cell phone, Instagramming people. Um, But you guys came to camp. So that tells me you guys understand a little bit about the idea of passion. I'm going to pop this bad boy out of here. There we go. Now I'm mobile. Um, I had the chance to sit in a coffee shop and talk with some people about what passion was. And I'm that kind of guy who, like, I walked up to the desk and there was like three ladies that were working behind the desk, and there was a couple other people in the coffee shop. I'm the guy that stops at the front desk and says, hey, guys, can you help me out? 
Um, now, my wife hates that kind of thing. Um, it's embarrassing. She's the kind of person that would rather hide in the background. I'm the loudmouth of the family. Um, but I asked people in this coffee shop, if you guys could define passion, what would it be? Okay, now, I purposefully picked this group of people because I knew, was pretty certain, that none of them were believers. Okay, I believed that there wasn't one Christian in this definition that they came up with in passion. So this is the cafe definition of passion. And then I kind of took them and, and smashed all the different sayings together. It says, passion is an intense internal drive for a thing that propels you to pursue it, even if harm, injury, or death is a possible consequence. It would even be deemed worth the risk of harm, injury, or death because you won't be satisfied until the thing is recognized by others or is obtained. Could you guys call that passion? Yeah, it's a little bit crazy, but that's passion. Okay, and guys, I'm going to tell you, and one person, they noted that there's a part of the satisfaction of pursuing your passion um, and being able to share that with other people. Another person mentioned that they would do it whether they got paid or not. How many of you guys would play your sport whether you got paid or not? Just for the sheer love of the game. Good, I'm, I'm glad to see so many hands. Um, those of you who are wanting to get paid to do what you do, now I'm going to ask you tonight to really consider what passion is. And we're going to look at it. We're going to divide it up. There's, there's two passions that we're going to look at. Okay, there's a good passion and there's a bad passion. And the word passion actually comes, the base of it comes from a Latin word called passio. Now, passio means to suffer. Anybody willing to suffer? Anybody willing to suffer for a cause? Anybody willing to suffer for a bad cause? Anybody willing to suffer for a good cause? See, guys, here's the, here's the thing. ISIS believes they are suffering for a good cause. Hitler believed he had a good cause. Sometimes it's the motive behind what we're doing that determines the kind of passion that is coming forward. Okay, we live in a world where right and wrong has become so gray. It's so bad to say that that's wrong. If you say that that's wrong, then you're intolerant or you're narrow-minded or you're bigoted because you've pointed something out as being wrong. Well, we have to understand that in our position, people who actually take this Bible and believe that it's true, that there is a dividing line in the scriptures about what is right and what is wrong. And you're told to judge that. You're told to say either that's right or that's wrong because you're called to pursue what is right. All right, can, you know what, can we, actually I'm just going to walk up and read it off the flag right here. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. You're fighting together for the faith, which is good news. Why would you fight if you weren't passionate about it? Are you willing to put your life on the line for things that you're not passionate about? I heard a story one time. There was a group of people, I believe it was in Germany, um, and maybe it wasn't, I might be lying to you. It was in a communist nation. There were people who were having church. It was an underground church. And soldiers break in with guns. And they come in with pointing, I mean, there's like six or seven of these soldiers that are breaking in. And they come in with guns pointed at people, telling them to either leave right now or you are going to die. We will shoot you on the spot. And people went scurrying out of that church as fast as they could. And then when the 
all the people who were running out got out, there were some who stayed. There were some who were passionate enough to say, you know what, I'm going to stay because I believe that the Jesus that I serve is worth dying for. And the guards closed the door. They locked it. They put down their guns. And they said, we're Christians. We just couldn't take the chance of someone ratting us out. They worshiped together with the Christians. If something happened like that in this room, how many of you guys would be running through those doors right now, missing out on the authentic worship service that we are called to celebrate together as believers? What kind of passion lies in you? I'm going to divide these two kinds of passions. Um, I'm going to say this throughout this time that we're together. Um, repeat these words. God's passion. Come on, guys. I know you're louder than that. God's passion. My passion. Okay, and as I talk, we're going to repeat that a couple times. God's passion, my passion. I want you to think of that two ways. Is it God's passion versus my passion? Or is it God's passion is my passion? You were created by the almighty, unlimited, all-knowing, omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere and every when, God of the universe. And he made you in his image. And he breathed the breath of life into you. Okay, if you could for a minute, open up to Genesis chapter 3. As we talk about this idea of passion, I'm going to point out that there is a passion that could lead us astray. And I'm going to get this idea that um, Sigmund Freud actually brought forward. Um, and, it's a, and it's an idea called the id. Has anybody ever heard of the id? Okay, it's a psychological... Um, basically it's an analysis of the human being, like the psychological development of who we are as human beings. He comes up with this idea of id. A lot of people understand the ego and the id going together. Now listen, this is the definition of the id. It's said to be an important part of our personality because as newborns, it allows us to get our basic needs met. Freud believed that the id is based on our pleasure principle. In other words, the id wants whatever feels good at that time with no consideration for the reality of the situation. The Bible refers to the id. It calls it the sin nature. We all have it. We all struggle with it. Every single one of us struggles with the same thing that Adam and Eve struggled with in the very beginning. This kind of passion is sensual, meaning it's all about the feeling I want whatever feels good. There's no regard for what's right or wrong. It's all about satisfying the appetite, scratching the itch right now. I want to be gratified right now. All this could come at the expense of others, but because it's an internal drive to scratch the itch, we will risk collateral damage in order to scratch the itch. We don't care. There is always collateral damage if we live by the id, or if we live by the sin nature, or here's another way the Bible actually mentions it, if we live by the flesh. The Bible tells us to be carnally minded is death. That if we become passionate about the, the cravings of this flesh, then we will die. Then we will die. Um, let me ask you a question. You ever sleep with a girl before? Don't, don't, don't answer that question. Okay. Um, what about you? You ever, you ever snort cocaine? No? Okay. Um, what about you? You ever sock somebody in the nose because they talk bad about you? No? 
okay? We'll come over here to the ladies. You're not off scot-free. Um, now all these girls are like, dang, why don't we sit in the front? I'm gonna go to the back. We'll mess with the people in the back. Um, what about, where do all the black people go? There we go. <laughs> we got one. So, if anybody ever walked up to you, slapped you in the face, would you turn the other cheek and say, hit me again? You run the other way? So you wouldn't fight them? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Ooh, excuse me. Let me put that back. Hopefully I didn't hit you in the head with that. Um, what about you? If somebody stole something from you, would you let them have it and then give them more than what they stole from you? Probably not. Probably not. Let's see, what about, we're coming back to the front, you're not off scot-free. Um, let's see, you right here, you got a great smile, that's why I'm picking on you. So if, let's say, you're in a situation where somebody started rumors about you, they just treat you bad, I mean, they straight up bully you at school, would you go out and buy them, a, I mean, like a fresh pair of sneaks and bless them with that when you get back to school? Okay, guys, now listen, these, these are these two different things. Over here with the guys, we talked about the things of the flesh, right? Being, being sensual, pursuing after that thing that's going to make me feel good. The things that our flesh are the cravings of this body wants. We want that exhilaration. We want that, we want that feeling of ecstasy. We want that pleasure. I mean, if we're honest, that's why we play sports, because we love it. Man, I remember being in high school and running down the field, feeling like I feel free when I'm doing this. And we love it, it's why we do it. And I'm gonna tell you that there is an element where it's not necessarily bad. You are like natural born worshipers. That's what we're doing. Okay, God has given you a mechanism in you that just makes you wanna feel free. And you become passionate about these things. Every single one of you has abilities, gifts, talents, things that you're good at, things that you love to do, things you, you love to pursue because they are God-given things. And when it's pointed in the right direction, it's good. When it is something that you are abiding by in the spirit, that word abide means remain. If you were remaining in the spirit, those things will be good. They will be good. And you will love it. You know, the Bible says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Anybody know that? If you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Ladies, we talked about you walking in the spirit. That's what it means to walk in the spirit. That's what Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard that it was said, don't murder. But I tell you, if you hate your brother without a cause, it's as if you murdered him. You know, you've heard that it was do not commit adultery. But if you look at a woman as to lust after her, then you've committed adultery. Okay, Jesus was telling us that this battle with the flesh can be won in the spirit. That we're not to be about ourselves. Look at Genesis chapter 3. Look at the thing that Satan tempted Adam and Eve with. In verse 1, it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. And 
If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know what we have struggled with ever since? Wanting to be like God. See, God is perfect in his being. There is no flaw in God. The Bible tells us that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all, meaning there's no evil in God. And God is all-knowing. He's aware of evil, but he doesn't practice it. And here's Adam and Eve, and they want to be like God, knowing good and evil, but see, the problem is, is they practice it. And we have been practicing it since the day we were born. We are natural-born sinners. Well, you just said a minute ago we're natural-born worshipers. Yes. See, in that sin, we worship ourselves because we want to be like God. We want to be our own gods. It's the, it's the individual who on your team always wants the ball. Dang, coach, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Hey, man, how are you not throwing it this way? You know I'm open. They're the one that's always stirring up division and dissension on your team because it's about them. And you know what, guys? I pray for you. I pray for this generation because this generation, and I mean, it's happened in every generation, but you guys are the ones that are coming up right now and you're going through it. There are so many parents that put pressure on you to perform. There's got to be a certain level of performance that comes forth from you. And if you don't get it, then you're getting in trouble when you get home. That is not right. It is not right because it can't be about you. And when you're under that kind of pressure, you don't have any other choice but to make it about you. See, man, I love sports. You know why I love sports? Because it teaches us to walk in the spirit. There's no better thing. If you're out on the field and some dude just decides for some reason he wants to give you an elbow across the face mask, just because you had that coming pump. You know why? Because you're a punk. Should you retaliate? No. Your own coach will tell you to walk in the spirit. No, don't throw the punch. Don't throw the second punch. You never throw the second punch. Why don't you ever throw the second punch? Because you're the one that gets caught. Okay? You've got to be able to, to contain yourself. You've got to be able to compose yourself. Don't lose your composure. How many of you guys have heard that time and time again? Don't lose your composure. You've got to be able to actually control that on the field. Guys, it's no different in life. You've got to be able to control your flesh in life. Or if you don't, your flesh will rule you. Okay, your flesh is that sin nature. It's the id. Guys, that's the passion that Satan himself wanted. He wanted to be like the Most High. And Jesus said, I saw Satan cast out of heaven like a lightning bolt. So there was no contest, nor could he be like the Most High. And then he tempts Adam and Eve with the same thing. You can be like God, knowing good and evil, practicing both good and evil. And we've done it ever since. Now I want to flip the script here and look at the good passion. Um, how many of you guys have ever heard of the movie Chariots of Fire? couple of people, how many of you have actually seen it before? Good. If you've not seen that movie, I want you to go and I want you to watch that movie. Um, that movie has one of my heroes in it. It's a guy named Eric Little. Um, and apparently the guy was blazing fast 
He was the Olympic champion in the 400 in 1929. He was a missionary or born into a missionary family um, to China. And I mean, the guy had a solid head on his shoulders. He was fast and he had great success. And see, people touted him. Man, doesn't it feel so good when people are like, man, you are good. You are so fast. Man, you're fast. Dang, how'd you learn to spike the ball like that? Nobody can stop it. See, it feels good to have people patting you on the back all the time. Well done. Well done. But see, the enemy will take that and he'll use it against you. Because when you start believing it, all of a sudden now, you know what, I'm better than you are. When I was in high school, I was a sophomore. I got to play on varsity. Man, I thought I was so good. I thought I was the fastest. I thought I hit the hardest. I played free safety. First week of the season, we have a scrimmage. Blow my back out. Okay? Guy, back then, horse collars were legal. Um, I caught the kickoff, head down the sideline, and I was cruising. And see, here's the thing. If I had actually been running, I wouldn't have got caught. But I thought I was cool. You know how you try to run and look pretty about it, right? Perfect 90 degree, knees up. Um, got caught, probably about the 20-yard line. The guy grabbed my shoulder pads and pow, down on the ground. A guy named Hodge Mae Warren. Uh, we called him Chief because Chief was fast. Now, my back was pretty messed up. It was, it was pretty, um, it had a strain. I had a back strain. Uh, and I don't know if you, has anybody ever strained their back in here before? Okay, it's horrible, absolutely horrible. You don't realize how much you use that muscle in your back until you strain it. Okay, guys, I could not move without pain. Now, I remember sitting in my house one time, and I couldn't practice. My coach told me that if you didn't practice, you don't play. And remember, at the time, in this, my, this, this time in my life, football is my God, because it's the thing that elevates me. It's the thing that causes people to worship me. And I wanted that so badly, and I remember praying. And see, guys, I was Christian during this time, so I prayed, sitting in this chair in pain. Oh, by the way, did I mention my girlfriend broke up with me that same week? Wait a minute. See, that's the differences between guys and girls. All the girls are like, ah. The guys are like, ha, 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 Guys, that moment in my life made me realize that I am made for more than just me. I am designed by God to glorify him. Because I sat in the chair in my living room, and I prayed to God, God, please heal my back. Please, I just want to play. Please heal my back. And I said, if you heal my back, then I will do this for you. I'll do it for you. And it felt good. I was praying for a change. And I said, and if you could let me have my girlfriend back too, then we will do that for you too. I didn't know what any of that looked like. Had no idea. I woke up the next morning. I had no pain in my back. None. Got up, went to school, showed up at practice. Coach, he called me young blood, because I was just a sophomore. He said, young blood, I thought your back was hurt. I was like, it was. You know, coach was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I said, ah, but I'm cool, I'm, I'm cool, coach. I play, I practice, I practice so I can play. And I was able to jump back on the field. And then later on that week, my girlfriend actually, she came back. She's like, oh, babe, you know, we can get back together. I'm like, I knew you would be here. I knew it. <laughs> um, but the awesome thing is, guys, is it taught me a lesson because during this, that, that year, okay, this is a, a life-changing year for me. Um, 
all of a sudden, there's this guy named Rich Trucius. He's one of our linemen. He was our tackle, uh, our left tackle. He comes up to me, and he's like, Red, what's up? Like, what's up, Trush? He's like, hey, man, you want to come hang out with us and go to this thing called High Life? I'm like, High Life? What kind of, what is that? It's like it's a church youth group. Well, folks, that was Reggie Etheridge, uh, who's uh, on staff with uh, Calvary Boise. He was our speaker at the first night of FCA camp here in 2017. And uh, we appreciate Reggie coming to camp and, and being able to just pour into those athletes and coaches. So that's who you just heard from. Well, if you're interested in any more information about FCA, you can go to our website at fcaidaho.org. And you can also, um, from our website, you can link to KBXL's website, 94.1, or go to their website, and you can listen to Reggie again right there. So they've got all these shows archived there and, uh, and the current show. So uh, you're welcome to, to go there, and we'd love, love for you to continue listening and getting filled up by the Lord um, there on the web as well. So God bless. Have a great day.